Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call.
our best ever quarterly shipments, and finished goods inventory reduced to $124 million. After restarting in Q1, our El Dorado and Ignace sawmills continue to ramp up operations with both running on two shifts since the end of April. We anticipate these sawmills to produce about 125 million board feet this year. Elsewhere, we expect to take about 25 million board feet of downtime in the third quarter for capital projects and to optimize summer production. World demand for chemical pulp was 2% lower in the first five months of the year compared to the same period last year, reflecting a 5% decrease in demand for softwood and a 1% decrease in hardwood. But the year-over-year -year comparison is difficult as the pandemic influenced market dynamics. The reality is that supply and demand conditions were tight in Q2. Producer inventories at quarter end closed within normal ranges and global industry operating rates averaged 89% for softwood and 93% for hardwood. Following the pandemic-induced dip, our average transaction price rose sharply by $140 per metric ton quarter over quarter, or 22%, to $787 per metric ton with gains in all grades. But our shipments slipped by 19,000 metric tons, or 7%, due to the planned annual outage at the Calhoun Mill and other production shortfalls. From a historically low level in the previous quarter, our finished goods inventory closed at a more normal level of 63,000 metric tons. We expected the second quarter to be challenging for the tissue segment as a result of the end market inventory rebalancing, and that is what we experienced with lower shipments and unfavorable product mix that pulled down on our average transaction price. We took market downtime as a result of the pressure, keeping our finished goods inventory unchanged compared to Q1 at 8,000 short times. Accordingly, our average transaction price decreased by $56 per short ton, or 3%, and shipments fell by 17% to 19,000 short tons. Reflecting the continued impact of the pandemic, North American newsprint demand declined by 10% year-to-date through June compared to 2020, and demand for uncoated mechanical paper was unchanged. As a result of capacity reductions in the pandemic, including our own, the shipment-to-capacity ratio for North American newsprint was 92% in the first half of the year compared to 83% last year. Uncoated mechanical paper was 87%, compared to 72% a year ago. Compared to the previous quarter, the average transaction price in the paper segment increased by $39 per metric ton during the second quarter, or 7%, and shipments improved by 4,000 metric tons due to a gradual recovery in global markets. Inventory decreased by 17% to 72,000 metric tons. EBITDA for the segment improved by $18 million to $9 million. I will now have Sidvang discuss our financial performance. Thank you, Remy. Good morning, everyone. We reported net income of $300 million in the second quarter, or $3.74 for diluted share excluding special items. This compares to net income excluding special items 
of $119 million, or $1.45 per diluted share in the previous quarter, and a net loss, excluding special items, of $22 million, or $0.25 cents per share in the same period last year. Special items for the second quarter include $49 million in losses related to the lumber hedging contract. In the quarter, we closed all outstanding lumber futures positions. Total sales in the quarter were $1.1 billion, up by $267 million compared to the first quarter due to higher realized market prices in most of our segments. This variance was mainly driven by wood products with a $234 million increase this quarter, but also by our pulp and paper segments with respective contributions of $23 million and $17 million. Manufacturing costs rose by $19 million in the quarter after removing the impact of volume and foreign exchange. Compared to the first quarter, the all-in delivered costs for the wood product segment rose by $30 per thousand board feet, or 7%, mostly as a result of higher stumpage fees and higher freight costs, partially offset by a variable compensation provision in the previous quarter. EBITDA in the segment improved by $183 million to $415 million. In the market pulp segment, delivered costs increased by $35 per metric ton, or 6%, due to higher fiber costs and the effect of lower volume. The bid in the segment improved by $26 million to $36 million. Delivered costs in tissue increased by $295 per short time, or 16%, reflecting the lower volume as a result of downtime in a sluggish demand environment. EBITDA for the segment fell by $6 million to negative $3 million. Paper's delivered costs improved by $13 per metric ton, or 2%, due to seasonal reduction in energy expenses and cost savings from the indefinite idling of the Bacomo and Amos new sprint mills in the previous quarter, offset in part by higher planned maintenance costs. Segment EBITDA improved by $18 million to $9 million. We generated $401 million of cash from operating activities in the quarter, which represents an increase of $276 million compared to Q2 last year. The cash from operating activities primarily reflects the strong performance in the wood product segment, as well as the seasonal reduction in runwood inventory. We made $33 million in capital expenditures during the second quarter as we normalized capital spending toward a revised target of $125 million for the year. We reduced debt by $180 million in the quarter, representing all the amounts outstanding under our revolving and term credit facilities, leaving as our only remaining debt the $300 million of unsecured 4 and 7.8% senior notes due 2026. We concluded the quarter with cash and cash equivalents of $177 million 1.1 billion in liquidity, and net debt was 126 million at quarter end. We made 57 million dollars in softwood lumber duty deposits in the quarter, bringing our total deposits to 332 million dollars, which is recorded in other assets on the balance sheet. We also announced a special cash dividend of 79 million dollars, which was paid on July 7th to holders of record at the close of business on June 28th. Finally, we contributed $27 million on pension plans in the quarter and made OPEB payments of $3 million.
With higher long-term interest rates and positive gains from investments, our pension funding deficit was $445 million as of June 30th, a $184 million improvement compared to the $629 million funding deficit disclosed at year-end. Disclosed at year-end. In accordance with U.S. GAAP, the accounting figures will be remeasured only with year-end results. In line with the American Rescue Plan Act of 2021, we expect our remaining U.S. pension contributions to drop by around $13 million this year. Accordingly, our total pension contribution guidance for 2021 is now around $107 million compared to our $120 million guidance provided earlier this year. I'll pass it back on to Remy. Although benchmark lumber prices have come down significantly in recent weeks and remain volatile, we are confident in the underlying business fundamentals. We believe in our wood products business for the long term, with the segment representing a key pillar of our ongoing transformation. This is why we announced in June an additional $50 million in capital investments for projects that will generate value across market cycles by improving the overall efficiency of our operations reducing costs, and incrementally increasing production capacity. For pulp, we look for the favorable momentum to carry into Q3 with higher realized prices and stronger shipments. As conditions normalize for paper, the price recovery should continue, which will support our cash generation strategy for this business segment. We see encouraging signs for the away from home space in our tissue business, and we expect a return to normal demand trends in the coming months once the retail inventory rebalancing that affected the industry in the first half of the year passes. With more than a billion dollars in available liquidity at quarter end, we're in a great position to pursue our transformation, committed to maintain a balanced approach to capital allocation, using our free cash flow to generate value for shareholders, to build a stronger company, and to drive sustainable economic activity in the communities where we operate. This concludes our formal presentation. Operator will now open the call for questions. Thank you. If you would like to ask a question, please press star followed by the number one on your telephone keypad. We'll pause for just a moment to compile the Q&A roster. $5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GAME to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 
96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. And our first question will come from Hamir Patel from CIBC Capital Market. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Hi, good morning. Remy, I was wondering if you could comment uh, a bit more about, uh, you know, we've, you alluded to the uh, sort of uh, moderation in, in R&R demand. You know, any, I don't know if you're able to quantify what you're seeing in that channel and, and maybe any differences you're seeing between Canada, Canada and, uh, and the U.S.? Yeah, I mean, Hamir, you know, prices have come down pretty significantly, and we think it started as a result of a slowdown, as I indicated, with the R&R activity. And quite frankly, uh, what we've heard anecdotally is that people have uh, other uh, areas in which they want to spend their money this summer after uh, being cooped up for over a year as a result of the pandemic. Um, you know, in our view, this doesn't mean that the R&R segment boom is, is over. I think if you think about the underlying trends that, uh, that drove it, a lot of it is related to uh, a, a nesting, if you will, as a result of the pandemic and increase from work from home. So in our view, I think uh, things are cooling off over the summer, but we think, uh, we think there's still, uh, you know, there's still uh, optimism around uh, continued strength there. Fair enough. And uh, Remy, given the strong uh, balance sheet, has there been any change in how uh, you approach the uh, pension liability going forward? Well, it's come down pretty significantly, Amir, as uh, Sylvain indicated. Uh, two things. One is that uh, discount rates are a little bit higher, uh, and uh, our assets have actually performed well. So that has brought the deficit down from 630 uh, at the end of the year to 445. Uh, we're always looking for ways in which we can, uh, uh, you know, reduce the risk uh, and reduce the liability. Uh, one of those things that we'll benefit from are the changes around the U.S. pension relief uh, that's going to reduce the contribution that we have to make in the coming uh, years, uh, including in this one. So our, our contribution forecast is down by $14 million this year to 107 as opposed to the 100 and that we said uh, earlier, uh, and for next year we expect it to come down uh, a bit more as well. So I think that's uh, that's a good news story. Uh, but we're always looking, Hamir, for ways in which we can reduce the risk around pension and reduce that uh, that deficit. Okay, great. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks, Remy. That's that's all I had. I'll, I'll turn it over. Thanks, Hamir. Your next question comes from Sean Stewart from TD Securities. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Thanks. Uh, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Um, good morning. Uh, with respect to the lumber downtime, you, you, you touched on the 25 million board feet. Was that all related to the capital projects? And are prices low enough in Eastern Canada that you would consider market downtime 
uh, based on on margins being low enough at this point that that would make sense for you. Yeah, I think, Sean, uh, the answer to your question is the 25 million board fee is related to um, the, uh, the capital projects that we talked about and also, uh, as we say, uh, schedule optimization. Uh, people have been working very hard in the last year, uh, and we want to make sure that uh, they can take their, their vacation. So some of that is about eliminating shifts here and there to allow people to take vacation and concentrate our operations. So that's what we mean around optimizing our production schedule. Um, you know, as far as our profitability, uh, our operating cost all in delivered is, uh, was $452 per thousand board feet uh, in the quarter. Um, and so we think that means we're, we're pretty competitive uh, in uh, even in a tighter pricing environment. Uh, but look, benchmark prices have been very volatile. Um, we believe that uh, things will normalize, that uh, there's an encouraging uh, demand strength to, to come, driven largely by, by home builders. We talked a little bit about the R&R earlier with uh, Hamir, but I think home building is the lion's share of lumber consumption. And uh, it's it's a it's a positive um, it's a positive future there. Okay, thanks for that detail. Uh, second question: the, the balance sheet you touched on basically where you you want it in terms of leverage targets. Can you speak to M and A ambitions in in wood products? Uh, I know we're only a couple of months into this this correction, yep. but has the opportunity set for M and A? opened up at all in, in recent weeks, and w might you guys have ambitions in wood products beyond commodity lumber, uh, engineered wood products, that type of thing? Would that be of any interest? Um, so, you know, our strategy around acquisitions, and particularly in the lumber space, um, you know, there's there's two things that we want to do overall with our strategy. We want to we want to pursue growth in the strongest areas of our business, uh, and for us that is uh, pulp and and lumber. Uh, for lumber acquisitions is a logical strategy. We were uh, pretty successful with the acquisition of three sawmills in the U.S. South last year uh, from uh, from Conifex, uh, and so we're always looking at opportunities. Um, you know, they have to be at the right price. We're like, we like to think of ourselves as, uh, you know, pretty, uh, pretty shrewd buyers. So right time, right price, right opportunity. Um, so we look at a lot of things, um, you know, to, to the answer on uh, broadening beyond just a commodity base. You know, I'll point out that in our portfolio of assets, Sean, we do have assets uh, that are engineered wood products. We have two iJoyce facilities in the Lac-Saint-Jean area, which is a joint venture with, uh, with LP, uh, and that's very successful. And we have other uh, engineered wood uh, facilities as well. So, you know, that, that is something that we, uh, we know. Uh, and I, I wouldn't necessarily rule it out, but as I say, it has to be right time, right price, and it has to make sense, right, uh, you know, in terms of synergies uh, and uh, the business uh, rationale for doing it. That's, uh, that's great detail. Uh, that's all I have for now. Thanks, Remy. Okay, thanks, Sean. Your next question comes from Paul Quinn from RBC Capital Markets. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Yeah, thanks very much. Morning, guys. Um, just just some wood products. You noted uh, your costs were up thirty bucks a thousand. Just wondering where yeah. that 
stumpage increase was? Was that Ontario? Was it Quebec? Was it the U.S. though? Yeah, so, so a lot of that, Paul, was stumpage increases, both Ontario and, uh, and Quebec. Uh, you know, in my mind, the way we look at it, we think that with benchmark prices trailing off, and as you know, stumpage is a function ultimately of, uh, of lumber pricing. So we think that uh, stumpage fees and uh, our fiber costs have peaked in the second quarter. I expect that to start coming down in Q3 as the lower benchmark prices work their way down the chain. Uh, it comes down more quickly, just the way the formulas work. It comes down more quickly in Ontario than it does in Quebec. But the net-net impact is that I expect it to be a favorable variance in Q3 and Q4. Okay, thanks for that. And and uh, your tissue results were, were weaker than I expected. Just uh, you noted downtime. Just how much downtime? Uh, where where you took that downtime, and and how can you you know fix this business going forward here? Yeah, no, it's a good question, Paul. So, so basically, you know, as I said before, we, we knew the second quarter would be tough because of, because of the inventory rebalancing. Uh, we've heard from other producers who've uh, faced some headwinds uh, in the space as well. Um, and so the downtime for us was a tissue machine that we took down at, uh, at Miami, and then we took a couple weeks' uh, downtime on the tissue machine in, uh, in Calhoun and some of the converting operations as well, all of which was designed to make sure that we were not building inventory uh, in, uh, in a sluggish market. Um, the signs are that, you know, as more people go to the ballparks and museums and hopefully schools in the next couple weeks, uh, the away-from-home space is picking up. Uh, and the retail, we think, will normalize also in the coming uh, in the coming months. One of the factors that's um, uh, that's at play here is that a lot of the tissue producers are fa are facing higher costs as a result of rising pulp costs. Which for us, we get the benefit of integration to uh, to our pulp assets. So uh, we'll we'll get the benefit of uh, hopefully rising prices here. But really, to focus on on higher shipments is uh, is the idea. So we just need to let things normalize uh, and not make uh, rash decisions for what was an admittedly very very difficult quarter as a result of the market conditions. Okay, and then just lastly, just on uh, pulp, it looks like it's it's rolled over in China here a couple months back, and uh, and that's working its way around the globe. Just wondering what your market assessment is. Yeah, well, we think um, we think there's a bit of headwind, Paul. Um, you know, we have less exposure to China, as uh, as you know. There's a bit of headwind. Uh, my sense is that prices will peak in July and then probably soften a little bit. But uh, based on what we see and the demand, uh, people still need pulp, and conditions are are strong for uh, for producers. So we think that it could soften a little bit, but uh, if it does, it should be fairly modest. All right, that's all I have. Best of luck. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Paul. We have no further questions. I would like to turn the call over to Marianne Limoges for closing remarks. Okay, thanks everyone. Thanks for joining us today and have a good day. This concludes today's call. You may now disconnect.
Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.